This episode of The Throwback Pod is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Kleine and his mates. Kleine recorded a song for us, so if you're a fan of the pod, stick around to the end for four minutes of inside jokes sung by a guy with a great Australian accent. Hi, you guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another episode of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castro. What's up, bub? Hey, Dan. So happy to be here tonight. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm aroused. Whoa. I am... You're, what? You're, you have an erection? Or... Yeah. Wow, we have a new kind of setup here where we have our little mic stands and we're no longer in the handheld mode. Now, the negative to that is we're sitting at like one of those tabletop type desks. Mm -hmm. I can't see underneath like from the like rib cage down. So you could have a throbbing hard. So you're saying it's a negative that if I had a hard on, you wouldn't be able to see it. If you're going to have a hard on, I should be able to see it. I guess that's fair. This is your garage. Yeah, well, it's rented. Right. So it's somebody else's garage that you're squatting in. For pay. For pay. That's how rent works, I guess. But the more, the bigger point is, if someone's got a boner in my presence, I might as well see it. That's, I mean, you've always said that. Yeah. I remember even in like the fifth grade, it's my you thing. walking around the hallways being like, anybody's got a boner, pull it out. If you can grow it, you better show it. That was my, <laughs> uh, my commentary back then. That was. It was weird. I didn't have a lot of friends. That was weird. I mean, that makes sense. The, uh, yes, this is the, I don't know, like the 43rd. Too many? <laughs> Some would say. Throwback podcast where what do we do, Bob? We take albums from our past. If this is the first time you've ever, ever listened to the show, we take albums from the 90s, the aughts, uh, mostly the 90s and the That's aughts. That's about it, yeah. And we revisit them. We comment on them. We have a little fun. I'm very happy to be here because uh, the other night, uh, I didn't tell you this, I had uh, food poisoning. Ooh. Which uh, almost killed me. Really? Yeah. It's a good way to shed a couple pounds, though. Did not eat for like 30 straight hours. But uh, have you ever had it? Have I ever had food poisoning? Yes. Yes. I think we've all had the stomach bug occasionally. I have been um, anti-food poisoning. I haven't believed in it. (laughs) Oh, see, you asked for it. For like a decade, I've thought it was bullshit. And uh, wow, came what, back. A, what, what a statement to make. You had never gotten food poisoning no, in your life. Never until got food poisoning. Age and, 38. And found that most people who claim to have food poisoning were liars. And um, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's true. I mean, that's like the number one excuse to get out of doing something you don't want to do is food poisoning. I always found it to be kind of a fascinating thing because, especially, and this is like a high school, college thing too, and even in your 20s when you're dating and and view things a little differently when a girl would acknowledge that she had food poisoning it was like oh so you had massive diarrhea <laughs> it's like it's hard it's hard at least for me as as a younger guy to process like some hot chick with massive diarrhea yeah now now, now, now i'm all in now I'm it's like, a fetish hey listen yeah <laughs> it's the only thing i can get into now um but and now i get it uh, once you get married and the kids come you oh, start yeah. to see the female species yeah as more human yep if that makes sense uh, but back when you're 23, it's like, no, what the fuck we're are you different, talking we're about? different creatures. Cut entirely. that shit out. Just tell me you had the flu. Yeah. I don't want to vomit flu <laughs> just out the front. 
top. I mean, like, food po- poisoning poop is the worst, too. As I was crumpled on the ground, just clutching my stomach, um, I realized that where it all started, my anti-food poisoning position. Mm. So it happened about 10 years ago in New York. It was like 2006. Right. And at the time, I was living with my friend Brian on the Lower East Side. We had this big deck where we used to have like parties all summer long. You were invited to one or two of them. Yep. Isn't that that Kid Rock song is about the parties on your- On our uh, deck on the Lower East Side, side. yeah. So so at one of these parties, um, this girl showed up, friend of a friend, Mm -hmm. really cute. Uh, Hit it off with her, flirting with her all night long. She was a singer, songwriter. Right. And so annoying. Yeah. No, she was cool. Really cute. Again, super hot. Mm. And uh, I was flirting with her. For some reason, she was flirting back with me. And at the time, we were doing videos. We were doing videos uh, for Turner. Like we were starting to make videos for the Ted Turner. Super deluxe that they were going to launch. So part of my flirting was like, hey, uh, you know, we're shooting this like 80s music video next weekend. Are you around? And she's like, Mm. yeah. I was like, you should come do it. And she was like, okay. And mm. like, that was like the big win for me that I was going to get to see her again. Just, right. And you, she would see you in your element. It's like, oh, Bob's so creative. Yep. Oh, he's different. Yep. So I got her name. Well I done. got her number. Uh-huh. Texted her during the week. But it was like baby texting because it was 10 years ago. It wasn't like it is now. <laughs> you around soon? <laughs> 3.30. Yeah, that's it. We were And like, transmission. We couldn't figure out that you could be like funny on text yet. It was just like very serious, like one-line statements. Right. Forget about like trying to explain to kids there was a time for text messaging. Motherfucker, like 12 years ago, to send one sentence would take five minutes because you'd have to cycle through tick, like tick, three tick, letters tick, 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 to tick, get to it. It'd be like number one would be A, B, or C. Tick, tick, Holy tick, shit. Tick, 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 tick. Yeah. What a mess. So it was, uh, it was worth it, though, because she was hot. Then uh, 9-11 happened. Obviously. So then on, um, so on you know, text, like, oh, you're good on Saturday. She's like, yep. So Friday, call her to confirm, doesn't answer the phone. Uh-oh. Send her a text, doesn't respond. Poop shoot. Saturday, caller doesn't respond again. So we need her to be in the sketch. Like we were shooting this thing. So uh, partners go and find somebody else. A flighty singer-songwriter living in New York City. So I finally get her on the phone. She finally answers. And she's like, yeah, I can't make it. I have food poisoning. Mm. And hung up. And it was the most bullshit excuse to get out of doing something. Mm. So that was like my Spider-Man like villain moment where it was like, like it goes back to that where I was just like, Everybody with food poisoning is a liar. <laughs> I and think so it more reflects on your issues with women more than anything. You else. think so? A little bit. Why well, you would uh, you would launch like some type of internal crusade against a very well known stomach virus? But she didn't have food poisoning. She didn't want to come to this thing or see me again. How do you know? It was obvious. I'm trying to help you out. How do you no. know she didn't? She wasn't shooting no, diarrhea out of her. She absolutely butthole. wasn't because she stopped responding on Friday, and then Saturday she went with food poisoning. There's no way. So the GHB wore off the yes. next day. So um, she went on to have like a very, years later, have like a very, very minor radio hit. Gwen Stefani of No Doubt. This one. This is my fight song. <laughs> Take back my life song. Prove I'm right Yep. This is Natasha Benningfield. This is Rachel Platten. Fake food poisoning to get out of shooting a sketch with me. Ten years ago. So she's the reason I don't believe in food poisoning. So thank you, Rachel Platten. Now, but do you have an apology for her now that you realize that it could happen to anyone at any time? 
I believe food poisoning is real. I still think she lied to me. See, it's a woman issue. Thing. But don't blame her because I knew, you know, she knew she was going to go on to write Fight Song. Fight Song. So. What a song that is. What, whenever you want to just rally yourself to fight the world and go into a battle. Yeah. Get her. Or not hang out with me. I bet. I think I inspired it. Well, I'm glad that you uh, you toughed it out and made it to our show, Bob. Me too. Because it is Foo Fighters Week, which, by the way, uh, our Patreon. 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 Uh, if you are in a certain tier, uh, I believe if you, uh, if you pledge $6 a month, you get to do the bi-weekly or once a month. The uh, monthly poll. Monthly poll, where you pick. Uh, we give you four choices. You pick uh, which album you want to hear us do. And this has been, frankly, overdue because Foo Fighters is right in our wheelhouse. Yeah, we've almost done it a couple of times. And it's definitely the one over the last year that has been requested the most on Twitter. I think you're right, Bob. Yeah. So Foo Fighters has come up a ton. It has. And we thought about Bob and I, and we'll get into it, but we were outside Tapeville, USA in Nanuet, New York. Uh, the day the Foo Fighters' first album came out, which mm-hmm. was just Dave Grohl playing all instruments, and we and we got it. I remember both of us were somewhat over underwhelmed, I think, by the first album. Is that I think fair? so. Yeah, that is fair. And then this uh, Color in the Shape is the album we're doing, which I believe was the second album, which mm-hmm. blew up, and and it makes sense when we start to go through the track. So I'm looking forward to digging into the Color in the Shape. Massive, massive album. Do you want to uh, guess when it came out? Let's see. Uh, the self-titled debut, eponymous, is that what they call it? Um, Thank you for working through your process. 1995, yep. so most artists, um, you know, they, they tour, and then when they're a younger group, they get it out pretty quickly. So I'm going to say, toured through 95 and 96, into the studio, released The Color and the Shape, 1997. Okay, let's hit the month. <laughs> oh, Okay. You're right. right. So the tour wound through Vancouver and went overseas. <laughs> they hit Germany. And what a time they had. Then they went down the Yellow Book Road to Australia. Then he got in the studio. But he was in the studio all around the world, really. This was a really interesting recording process. This is all made up, by the way. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, uh, so I'm going to say it feels like the album would have come out Right around the middle of the year, let's say July 1997. Oh my God, I thought you were going to get it. You were so close. June? May 97. Uh, still pretty yes. good. Pretty still good. pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I could tell you anything about Dave Grohl's life, personal or professional. <laughs> really? Uh, just by thinking about just it. Just by making things up. It's my bizarre gift. So a lot of times on the pod, I tell you there's nothing happening that month and you accuse me of not doing my job. Right. Homework, yeah. Uh, May 97, a lot of shit happened. So I'm just going to run down it quick because there's too many things. Okay. On um, Well, I, well, we should have a little commentary. I'll, I'll try to be brief and you the same. Here we go. Donald Trump and Marla Maples announced they were separating. Mm. Never heard from Donald Trump again. Never again. Uh, police arrested a transsexual prostitute with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he really, uh, <laughs> he kind of wished that away he from his, uh, his kind of career. Nobody brings it up anymore. Well, because nobody really talks about Eddie Murphy anymore, right? Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. But, like, he's caught with a with a prostitute that has a D. Yep. Like, and there's no shame in that, but he always presented himself as a suave, very right. heterosexual male, especially if you're familiar with his comedy. Like, you would think that could have undermined his career to the point where he wasn't taken seriously. Well, he, he claimed, did a nice job with it. He claimed he was just giving her a ride. 
<clears throat> which I'm sure he was. He's oh, a very he was. nice person. Wink, wink. They uh, screwed, Bob. Okay, we're they bring, screwed. We're bringing back screwed. 97 screwed. All I want to do is make love to a tranny. You don't say that anymore. You can't anymore. say that anymore. 97, though, you could. Good. Um, the Hartford Whalers became the Carolina Hurricanes. Don't care. The baseball's executive council suspended George Steinbrenner from the New York Yankees. In 97? May 14th, 1997. I should know that. I don't even know what the... Don't know what, what that grounds. one is about it's either. Fine. Who cares? Uh, Tim Allen was arrested for drunk driving in Michigan. Marv Albert mm. pleaded innocent to charges of sexual assault. He, he was with a woman and he was biting her. Yes. And then she ripped off his toupee during the sexual encounter, according to the police report, I believe. Yep. And that did fuck up his career. And if you're a sports fan, it forever changed the course of one of the most famous moments in NBA history. Michael Jordan's last moment of glory, his final NBA finals appearance where he hits the jump shot over Byron Russell in game six uh, of the finals in 98. It is Bob Costas mm-hmm. with the call. Should've Not Marv, because Marv, Marv. kind of had to go underground for a few years. Yes, but he made it back. He did. Hasn't bitten anybody since. Um, that we know of. Boris Yeltsin signed a historic treaty with NATO. I just felt like I had to include that because it sounded smart. Yeah, what does NATO stand for, Bob? Uh, the North American Free Trade Agreement. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't correct you, though, because I was going to say the same uh, thing. I know you can't. Bob Saget hosted his final regular episode of America's Funniest mm. Home Videos on ABC with the other members of Full House, minus the Olsen twins. Mm, they were already distancing themselves. What the fuck, Olsen twins? Come no, on. No, because, Step up. And, and Saget probably should have held on to that job, because then that other... Hammenegger rolled in, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, and then did it for another 20 years. And it was like, Saget should have done this because yeah. then Saget kind of overcompensated, a little overcorrective steering, <laughs> and like went back into comedy and became a filthy comic. Yeah. And it was like, oh, Bob Saget has changed. Calm down, Bob. You Calm should have stayed on the old job, made the money. Wait, me or Bob Saget? Both of you. Okay. Uh, movies that came out that month Austin Powers and The Fifth Element. Nice. And uh, a bunch of television shows ended that month, included Martin. Martin. Homeboys in Outer Space. A classic. Uh, yeah. UPN jam. Coach. Nice. Wings. These are all like the same tier of comedy. Roseanne. Oh, <laughs> topical. Yeah, topical. And this classic show that I know you love. It's just like an elevator. There's a two-ton weight limit on this shit. Let's say I nail the soles directly to your feet. It'll give you more traction when you're pulling the ice wagon. You'll be hearing from my attorney. Is that the law offices of Hagen and Dot? <laughs> That's aged well. Married with children. They, Where, oh, go ahead. If you if you just go on YouTube and search Al Bundy, there's just compilations of him insulting fat women. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it was always like uh, I think you and I, Bob, t- typically uh, park our cars in the same garage uh, with comedies and uh, most pop culture things. Mm-hmm. Um, but married with children, we were always kind of uh, uh, diametrically opposed in the sense that I always found it to be really trashy and not funny and kind of almost 
to use a, a, a Deb Hansis term, low class. Mm-hmm. And you you pound the table for married with children. You're not alone. You were so woke in 1994. <laughs> it had knew? nothing to do with being woke. <laughs> I just I remember be, always feeling like it was like this is the worst version of white people. But you Even liked back then. Maybe it was liked, a little. You woke. liked Roseanne. Uh, I did kind of like Roseanne, but Roseanne was a much. It was a superior show. It was a. Cla- I mean, in the it was early cla- Roseanne. It was classier somehow. I mean, it was it was more real. I mean, I don't think they were in the same category. No, they're not in the same category. I don't really, I don't harbor any ill will against you or other Married with Children <laughs> fans, but it was kind of a trashy I was, show. I, we were obviously we were young, and that was like the exciting show that I was allowed to watch on Sunday nights. I don't think that, I was like, even allowed. That, yeah, that, that like I knew out. I probably shouldn't be watching. I'm drinking vodka by the way tonight because uh, tough day. Yeah, tough day at the office, tough day at home. Um, so Uncle Tito's had to come today. <laughs> Uncle Tito's comes a lot. I think Uncle Tito's lives here now. Is Uncle Tito's, uh, maybe he needs to not come as much? Is I'm that not what saying you're that. At? He's your uncle, man. Is I it maybe it's like family's important, but it's also important to have priorities? I'm not going to get in the middle of your family issues with your uncle, but we all know. We see you with your uncle. We know there's problems there. <laughs> we have a very close relationship. <laughs> very close. All right. Here we go. Let's listen to some rock and roll. Okay. By the way, I like um, track one false starts in albums. Yeah, me too. This is 124 in length. Little self indulgent, but I always. No, I like it. You're kind of getting into the album. Yeah. Track one, doll. Um, off the color and the shape. Probably Foo Fighters' biggest album, isn't it, Bob? I think so. I mean, we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit listen to some tremendous modern rock tracks tonight. Yeah, that, I mean, Foo Fighters is in a lot of ways kind of the ground floor for when you think of what is adult alternative rock. They're kind of like the grandfathers. Yeah, they did on it. On some level. Like Nirvana, which was Dave Grohl's previous band. What? What? Um, was, they that was alternative rock in its purest form. Modern alternative rock, this is like the band. Yeah, this is rock music that was tremendous. And this song is so good. Let's listen to it.
Beautiful. Dave Grohl stated this is a, quote, song about realizing that you are the source of all the problems in a relationship and you love the other person so much, you want to free them of the problem, which is actually yourself. Heavy, Dave. I like that. Heavy shit. And I just want to set it up before we get to it, Bob, that one of your most famous uh, talents and abilities is to sing the Dave Grohl part of Monkey Wrench. No, that's not true. I, I've never been able to do it, but I've attempted it every single time I've listened to the song. And you will attempt it with a microphone oh, yeah, in front of you for the first time. It's impossible for me not to. If I'm alone in the car, when it breaks down in a, about a minute, <laughs> no matter where I am, I have to try to do it. And I've gotten as far as all the words, but I can't also get the scream. I've come close. But maybe tonight's the I night don't know I do if it. you've ever reached the screen, but you've, you've gotten very close, by the way. No, I've gotten to the screen maybe one, a couple times. This song... Uh, Alone in my car, pathetically. It's about the disintegration of girls' marriage, and it peaked at number nine on mainstream rock charts for Billboard, number 12 on the UK singles chart. So it was a big, big hit uh, and a fun, up-tempo uh, rock song. It's a great 90s alternative rock. Yeah. Song. It's also worth noting before we get into this, I don't know the words... I just know what I think the words are. I'll, I'll get close enough when right, I yell. It's coming up. You ready? Oh, I know. Are you yeah. nervous? I am nervous. I've never attempted this in front of an audience outside of like three people. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Take a deep off. breath. Here we go. One last thing before I quit. I never wanted any more than I could fit into my head. I still remember every single word you said and all that shit. Oh. That wasn't even close. Oh. Wow. I mean, if that is not a signal that we're getting older, Bob. These lungs can't even get me to the end anymore. And you're not even a smoker. It's just literally your body's aging. <laughs> you used to be able to get right to the end of the Dave Grohl. Parts. I don't even have the uh, athletic ability to yell anymore. That's sad. <laughs> no, that, I think it's time to give up my uh, professional baseball. Do you know dreams. what that's called, Bob? That's a fucking wake-up call. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Ooh, I think I hurt my back on that. Oof. I I found that sexy though. Thank you, Connor. No. No. All right, this is um, <clears throat> track three. Hey, Johnny Park. Hey, no, actually, sorry. Hey, comma, Johnny Park slammer. Like it. I see, I like when the Foo Fighters do it. When they get creative with commas and slammers. The fucking beautiful bruises, colors. Everything fades in time. It's true. Wish that I Ooh, I like this. I like this song a lot. This song feels very 97. It does. Here, pump this part up. Do we... Do we need to clarify to our listeners that for the duration of this episode, whenever we say Dave, we're referring to Dave Grohl because we talk about Dave mm, Matthews a lot on this pod. 
I don't want anybody to get confused. We are not going to talk about Dave Matthews today. This is, first and foremost, the Dave Matthews podcast. <laughs> but today, uh, in a change of pace, it is a, a Dave Grohl-based podcast. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's important, though, you, you clear that up. And yeah, Dave will always have full rights on Dave. Unfortunately. I say unfortunately. Different. I think he's earned it. There's a lot of Daves out Did you, there. Have you heard the new single, Samurai Cop? I haven't listened to Not Samurai Cop. That's a terrible name. It's not fucking bad. I haven't listened to it. Uh, anyway, you're, I got the same feeling as you, Bob, with Hey, comma, Johnny Park Slammer, which is not as good as Stay, comma, open parenthetical, far away, comma, so close, Slammer, close parenthetical. So many things. Europa and you too. But I like this song. It makes me feel like I'm 17 again. Yeah, it has right. that just that 90s vibe, that 90s aesthetic. I like it a lot. Is Dave Grohl the king of ad- adult alternatives? I mean, I think so. Who would be really challenging him nowadays? Unless you, like, lump Eddie Vedder and their later work into it. No, he's definitely a grandfather. I think he's grandfathered into, like, the grunge, obviously. Alternative rock in general. Yeah, so I think so. I mean, Kings of Leon made a push for a minute. But I think Foo Fighters have been consistent. Ooh, this is nice, too. They also have... um, I really like the Foo Fighters band. They have the the blonde drummer that was from Alanis Morissette's band. Uh, is that Taylor Hawkins? Taylor Hawkins. And then if you are a Nirvana fan, and we did do the Unplugged Nirvana album, um, you know, of course, Pat Smear. Of course, Pat Smear. Uh, a very strange, always one of those guys that's always smiling. Old shoeless Pat Smear. And it's like, hey, Pat, what? It's like a guy, he, he's the type of guy that like, he ha- always has the face like he farted in the elevator. Yeah. And he's proud of it. <laughs> but he's not saying a goddamn word. He's a Fred Armisen character. Is it Fred? Is he Fred Armisen? He's Fred Armisen. Have we ever seen the two of them in the same <laughs> no, room together? No, because they're the same person. <clears throat> All right. I liked Hey, Johnny Park. Hey, comma, Johnny Park. Me too. Here is My Poor Brain, track one. Ooh, I, Very I, I already Nirvana-y hear a little Nirvana. Opening, yeah. A little in utero, yeah. Then Dave says, clean that shit up. great if you are a nirvana fan this to me is the closest they've ever sounded to nirvana the in their quiet, career at this quiet point. loud quiet loud quiet loud dynamic it has that messy in utero sound at the top and then the the nevermind-esque quiet loud dynamic yeah very good yeah so far no misses this has been a great start to an album um and also is like like what you were saying about clean it up that's the dave Grohl way like he is way more and maybe that's also like a connection to Kurt Cobain who Grohl never hasn't really spoken out about at length ever yeah he, if you want to talk about a great future rock memoir 
Oh, the Dave Grohl. The Dave Grohl writes one. Yeah, I would buy that in a second Absolutely, just to learn yeah. about his life. Um, he doesn't talk about Cobain a lot. He does. He does kind of come up, you know, on some level in different songs, but never in a, a direct sense. We'll get to a song in a little bit that a lot of people speculated was about Kurt Cobain, but um, he's like a really like a, a poppy songwriter, like Kurt Cobain was at his heart. Like he's very poppy, and yeah. kind of they kind of messy up the songs. Uh, but some of their bit, like Learning to Fly, I mean, it could have been written by the dudes that write Aerosmith songs. Like, he has yeah. that in his heart just to write radio pop songs. Yeah, he could probably do that in his sleep and just put out shit that nobody, that people love but nobody respects, but he's too good to do that. He is. And he's also known famously as, like, the nice guy of rock. Right. A good he, dude. He's funny. Good looking. But not like annoying celebrity funny. No. Like Justin Timberlake. It's like, this guy's got a real sense of humor. It's like, oh, it's exhausting. Grohl, you could tell, actually would be a guy you could have beers with and he would crack you up. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have to, he doesn't need the spotlight to be funny. He'll like be on SNL and just kind of pop in for a quick second. Yes. It's weird that he hasn't Great talked. Great example, Bob. Yes, I, I enjoyed that. Yes. It's, uh, it's weird that he hasn't talked about Kurt, but I think it's weirder he hasn't talked about Chris. And then the T. You'd think at some point somebody would ask him, like, what's the deal with that T at the end of Christ? I don't understand, and we don't understand, and it's come up on the show before, why when you talk about Nirvana, Chris Novoselic, the bassist, isn't the first guy that comes to mind, because he was, <laughs> uh, need we remind you, loyal listeners, the tallest member of Nirvana. Oh, so tall. And so much in life is based on just who's taller. Yeah. Basketball. Alternative rock. Basketball. And Christ Novoselic was Christ? super tall. He's super tall. Not good at um, good at throwing. Mm-hmm. Not so good at catching. Right. Like could throw his guitar in the air, catch it with his face. Not always great. Yeah, not always great. But maybe that maybe that's what he was going for. Uh, this is track five. Wind up. What's this today? Motherfucker can write a hook. Nirvana again in this album. Yeah. And this out on this song. Yeah, and it's interesting because the first album that we were both a little underwhelmed by, you didn't hear Nirvana. And there was probably a conscious effort not to sound like yes. Nirvana there. But here there's definitely the influence and like the experience from that time. Uh, a song about the press getting them all fired up. Ooh, Wind press up. song. Good old press song. And I could see. He had not only did he have the uh Kurt Cobain stuff. Uh, Courtney Love has been a major pain in his ass for yeah. years, just from a pure business standpoint, uh, because he, of course, Grohl and Christ were uh, in the band, and Courtney Love, the the main, uh, what do they call it, benefactor, beneficiary of mm-hmm. the Cobain estate, and she and Grohl have been at each other's throats for like 25 years now, which is kind of fun to track. Yeah. I enjoyed it. 
Did you watch uh, Dave Grohl's HBO show? I did watch some of it. I think the first half of it. I think it was called Sonic Highways. Lost Highways. I think it was Sonic, Sonic Highways. Highways? Yeah. Lost Highways, a thing. I don't Lost know. Highway was the uh, the Nine Inch Nails That's soundtrack yes. that had that perfect drug song. Thank which you. Was fucking yes, awesome. that's what I. Um, but uh, I kind of think the Foos at this stage and Grohl's like fifty now are probably a little bit past their prime, and that was the first album where I was like, ooh, these songs, they still sound like Foo Fighters songs, but what happened to the hooks and the big choruses? I really like that EP they put out with uh, Ben Queller uh, helping out. Oh, that was great. Quality Foos, quality oh, Queller. Oh, Come on, guys. Everybody? You guys out there? <laughs> ben Queller's like, cool, man. <laughs> uh, this is Up in Arms. that girl pop sensibility nice fun little it's almost like a knack song he, he described it as a this, simple pop song this doesn't happen a lot uh with the podcast but this is an album that i'm already excited to listen to over the next like week nonstop. i'm with you i'm thinking the same thing is it a little weird though that we were so in on the ground floor and excited about that first album, and then this song hit big, and I don't think either of us were like fired up about the color and the shape, even as it took over. No, radio. I think we were a little. It's because you know, it's that thing where you get excited about the first thing and it lets you down, and then you kind of don't forgive them for that. Even though everything coming out of this was good and interesting, I think we were both a little butthurt about the first album. Ooh, bring it back, butthurt! I like that. Brought back, screwed. Bring it back, butthurt. Butthurt was kind of a regrettable <laughs> remnant of the aughts. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, you're all butthurt about that? Oh, something so butthurt. Butthurt. Bring it back. <laughs> it's time. Uh, but that's what we were. But by the way, the other weird thing about that Foo Fighters album is that I think both of us, and the reason why we were so excited about the album was the first single, This Is A Call. Was great. Was amazing. And the second single was great. And I'll Stick Around was great. Big Me Big was great. Big Me, I could take or leave, but I get why it was popular. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like it was a total piece of shit album. No, and there were some other songs on there that stood out, but I think we were, our expectations were so high. You know what it was like for me? It was like uh, the opposition with Jordan Klepper. Ooh, get into this. <laughs> Jordan's like sitting up in his seat I know, right I'm now. sorry, Jordan, but I had high expectations because I thought he was really funny, and I right. watched one episode, and I was like, I'm done with this show. Now, that was a mistake because some of our early podcast episodes are fucking dog shit. I wouldn't have kept going. Like, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I have a quick hook. And Klepper yeah. missed the cut. Missed the cut. Ouch. Yeah. A friend of the show and former guest of the show, Nikki Glazer, did a clep a Klepper spot. So I guess you never saw No, it. I checked back in for that particular one. How did Klepper do there? Still unimpressed. Sorry, Klep. Sorry, Klep dog. <laughs> and thus ends our Jordan Klepper interlude <laughs> of today's show. Uh, this is probably in the running for the most famous of all Foo Fighters songs. Yes or no? Uh, yeah. No, I think number one. L listen no, I mean, number two. Fucking rock giant. Too alone and now it's all about 
Especially when you get a little distance from it and listen to it again, as we're doing here on the Throwback Podcast. Do you think the people at Subway ever tried to get the rights to this song to like Ooh. do a big hero promotion? I could see it. I could see it. I could totally see it. My hero, and uh, that's what I kind of hinted at earlier. A lot of people thought this was a song that was about Kurt Cobain. Uh, but according to Grohl, it is not about it. In mm. fact, he goes the other way, and this is a good way to endear yourself. It's about Chris Novoselic. It's about Chris. Obviously, who was in a very tall bassist. That's that's why it's he's so a zero. To be tall. I wish I was as tall as that guy. It's about the everyday people, Bob, who grind, who rise and grind, and that's the people that he looks up to. What a smart way what to a, what move a guy. units. Yeah. What a brilliant way. That's like, how did John Mellencamp get rich? Just run for president. He went. That's good. He went with the Mellencamp, and then Kid Rock eventually went down there. He was like. Oh, people don't like rap rock anymore? Yeah. I'm going to be a, like a conservative heartland rocker um, and hope no one notices. A guy that loves America and American workers and yeah. steel. I'm going to hope nobody notices I used to have like a midget a on the stage rapping. that I would just make <laughs> a fun of. A little person, excuse me. Yes. No, back it was back, back then it was a midget. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, wait a second. Here it comes. Yeah, this part's great. Oh, this is... It's fucking rock and roll. This is a great fucking rock song. If you don't like this, you don't like rock and roll, and we don't like you. Nice, man. I like it. Go fuck the show. Obviously, almost to a cliched cliched sense, it's showed up everywhere in pop culture. I was going to say, that being said, I don't really like it. I didn't really like the song for a long time because it was everywhere. It was was. everywhere. I feel the same way as you. But I'm enjoying it now. Uh, Featured in Varsity Blues most famously in the uh, final football game. Uh, it was in not a, it was in not another teen movie, uh, also in the 2010 yeah. film somewhere, and then the other guys, which was one of my favorite, like random where the fuck did that come from comedy scenes in a long time? Do you remember the scene, Bob? I don't remember the scene. Oh, was it the very first scene with um, Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. And that was incredible. <laughs> that was one of the best ways to start a movie ever. Uh, it. Is if you haven't seen it, and I don't, I can't really like vouch for the film as a whole. It's funny. I remember liking it. Yeah. I think what was it called again? The the uh, other guys. The other guys. Just starting a movie off that way. We could spoil it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Maybe I'm going to play it and see how it I don't know if it's going to really play. Well, let's see what happens. It's very visual. It's The Rock and uh, who is it? It's The Rock and Samuel L. Samuel L. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to it. It's basically starting off like the best action movie you've ever seen. You thinking what I'm thinking, partner? Aim for the bushes. 
They're, they're jumping off of something right now? <laughs> they're jumping off a huge building. A huge building. And then they just don't get to the bushes. I think it's a hard cut. They go all the way down and then splatter on the table. <laughs> it's The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Dead. That's how the movie starts. Amazing. It's the best. Um, but that the song became like almost cliche for being for big moments like yeah. that. It's the shit, though. And well-deserved. Uh, let's move on. So my hero, you wanted uh, a quick Bob rundown of how popular that song was? Yeah, hit me. <clears throat> Ooh, objection to use in the 2008 presidential campaign. Makes sense. John McCain. Oh, I forgot about this. I love I love when this happens. Most famously, it happened with uh, Springsteen and Ronald Reagan with Born in the USA. But in 2008, the Foo Fighters criticized the campaign of John McCain, the Republican presidential candidate, for using their song at rallies without their permission. I mean, this happens every single campaign season. Somebody does this and guys like Tom Petty or Dave Grohl or whoever are like, hey, asshole. Stop using my fucking song. It happens every time. Yeah, you got to reach out to the people. Uh, Also, Bob, it was they played my hero, I believe, at the the 9-11 song for heroes or whatever. That double album. Makes sense. Makes sense. I don't know how well it did. It did well, though, Bob. (laughs) It was a big song. All right. Next track. It's called See You. Okay. These notes are marked return to sender. I'll save this letter for myself. It did well. I wish you only knew good it is to see you. See you. See you. This is interesting. So this is my second favorite thing. First being like that misdirect track one. My second favorite thing is the track after the we know that's a mega hit. Yeah. So we're just going to let you take a breather and fuck around a little bit. Right. We could take a chance or fuck around. Yeah. It's like we're not going to hit you back to back right now. You need to come down from that and remember how great that last song is. So we're just going to bridge you to the next song. And that takes balls. To know that you have a mega hit. Uh, but if you know you have a mega hit, does it really take balls? Or is it a little bit like, hey, maybe this album doesn't have to be 14 tracks. That's a lot of tracks. That, that is a lot of tracks. But it, at the same time, you think you know you have a mega hit. But how many people thought they had a mega hit? And it flopped. So you have to have the balls to know that, to believe in yourself to that extent that that's going to work. This is a downer. And then we're going to go hit you again. So you think they knew it was a bad song? Objectively, and they were just like, well, we just gave him a fucking home I run. think they knew that it was not going to be a single and not going to be like a hit song. I think it was just something a they... throwaway track. Yeah, something they enjoyed to make. And that was it. You think it was more than that? Asshole? Fuck you. Fuck you. This is called Enough Space. I can't get enough space from you right now. I have a fundamental issue, I guess, with albums that overstay their welcome. Even a great album, um, when you start getting into the 13, 14, 15 tracks, my radar is up that you don't have a good self-edit button. 
I think 14 is fine. I think 14 is the cutoff. 15, I agree. Give me a nice tight 11. What give about me, 10? Is 10 too short? 10's too short. Yeah, I think 10's too short, too. It's a borderline EP, 10. But give me 11 <laughs> or 12. 12 is nice. You're so picky if you're fine nice. with 12 but not 14. Yeah. And when I make my mixes, you might find this interesting about always 13 tracks. Wow, that sounds always. like uh, 12 tracks you're not going to need on your sex mix. <laughs> Do you want to? We should do a sex mix episode soon. Oh, we have to do a sex mix episode. Yeah, I was thinking about the sex mix recently. Remembering the days when you used to have sex. Yeah, those those were great times. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm a virgin, but really, yeah. All right, that explains why I've never seen your boner. Oh, uh, next track, February stars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This is actually good. I would put this on a sex mix. Yeah, or sleep. You bang. Um, you know who loved this album and uh, Dave Grohl in particular was my girlfriend in high school. Mm. Was into Dave Grohl. Physically? Yeah. Thought he was the hottest dude. And I was number two. <laughs> really? I feel like Grohl... I guess, yeah. I mean, any rock god is going to have a lot of women that are into him. I never kind of saw him as some type of uh, sex god, I guess. Mm. Well, you never saw me as a sex god either. And uh, no, this girl found both of us to I've be super hot. <laughs> uh, all right, let's listen to February Stars. Sleep is what it's going to do. Definitely sleep next movie. Okay. MF, or I'm going to call it mid. No, it's nice. Album filler. I mean, I'm not going to fight you about it, but I don't know. I'm enjoying this. It's nice that he's not yelling for once. You know, gives a break from that. That could, I if I if you did have to have a quibble with Foo Fighters, is that there is sometimes could be a sameness to the music. So I do agree with you. Like, when it Mix started it ramping up, I was like, is he going to yell? Like, he yells a lot. Yeah, you know, cut the bullshit. It's but he not even screaming. Cut, he does the scream He thing. did cut the bullshit. He's not yelling here. Yeah, it's fine. He's, yeah. That's a nice job. He's doing a nice job here. Um, he's a he's a great screamer. He's kind of like oh, a is. legendary screamer. Yeah, got a great scream. People don't scream enough anymore. Do you have a good scream? I can scream. Do you have a good scream? Oh, yeah. I don't break it out a lot because usually... Uh, it's reserved for pure terror. <laughs> Wait, could you go high? Do you have like a shriek? I'm going to go in the other corner of the garage right now. Okay. I'm going to scream. All right, do it. All it right, might Dan. alert uh, the authorities. Dan is taking out his uh, headphones. He's walking to the far side of the garage. He's now uh, as far away from the microphone as he could be. And here we go. <laughs> that was pretty good. That hurt. Did it hurt? A little bit. Did you throw it your back too? My lungs. 
That was good. I thought it was going to be a little better, but that was pretty good. Yeah, actually, I thought it'd be a little better. I think it's that aging thing again. <laughs> so easy to murder old people. <laughs> just can't scream the way they used to. Ooh, that kind of cleared out my larynx. Well, there's a reason. There's a thing called scream therapy. You just go into a room and just scream That's at the top right. of your lungs. It helps you. All right. You ready, Bob? Yep. I think this is the uh, most uh, fundamentally perfect Foo Fighters song. Yep. So let's listen to it. Thought you were going to hit me with some Corky Romano. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a missed opportunity. A missed opportunity. Fuck me. All right. Let's listen. Everlong, also in the conversation for the most well-known Foo Fighters song. I think it's the song that you hear the most. On I was going to say, I think this radio. is number one. Uh, great fucking slow burner. Great lyrically. I've listened to the song before. Like three months ago, the song came on, and I was just listening to how great the lyrics are. It's kind of his like masterwork, in my opinion. See, this is the song, as much as we were talking about my hero being everywhere and getting annoyed by it, and you had to turn it off. For me, years and years and years of turning the song off. Because it was so popular. Then they did the acoustic version, and that was everywhere. It was just unavoidable in a way where I just couldn't take it anymore. Uh, To your point, it it only peaked at 42 on Radio Songs for Billboard, but it was number three alternative songs, number four mainstream rock. And then it was, for whatever reason, it's on that short list of songs that will never be completely uh, moved out of rotation and radio stations right. and play modern rock and alternative rock. Um, this is their song. But I, I would say like where I do agree with you about My Hero that at the time I was a little bit um, played out and I, I just kind of stayed away with it. This song I've always loved. And by the way, you, you know the Letterman connection to this song? Mm, no, I don't think I do. Remember when Letterman had that heart surgery and he almost died? Yes. Uh, he calls Everlong his favorite song ever. Uh, he said it helped him fight through uh, his recovery period. And on the night of Letterman's final episode, May 20th, 2015, they performed a six-minute-long version of the song I, and i think i remember him talking about that before they started playing it yeah so that's interesting david letterman has the best taste in music letterman is a badass yeah and you i know you have a lot of um old vhs's with letterman performances oh yeah i would stay up or i would set the vcr to record when i went to bed um, and found so much good music the first time pulp played in america was on letterman because he gave pulp a chance yeah uh, more recently, like Future Islands, like that was in, that made their careers. Yep. But like for years, it was Counting Crows, 
and uh, God, I can't even think of everybody. Like he just loved Brian Adams. He just yeah, likes taste. good music. He always did. There's another version, by the way, of this song. Um, holy shit! An arrangement of this song by a string quartet was used on the Friends episode, the one with Monica and Chandler's wedding during the wedding. Wow. Holy shit. Seems unnecessary. Interesting choice. Think, by do you think they uh, honeymoon bang to that? I know Phoebe be fucking to it. You think Phoebe was I fucking to Everlong? Oh, yeah. The other famous version that really, if you grew up in the New York area, like Bob and I, um, the version uh, that they played on Howard Stern mm-hmm. ended up getting played a lot on K-Rock. K-Rock. Yes. And it, it kind of became... It was almost like the, their go-to version for a long time. Just listen to it a little bit, because it really is great. I'm going to cut into it a little bit. It's like one of those songs, it's a true test of any great song. That you could play it slow, fast, Mm -hmm. plug in the amps, or just do it on an acoustic. I wish we could play guitar. Imagine, like, being in the dorms and playing Everlong. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Get laid. That would get you laid. Get screwed. You would screw until the sun came up. Isn't it weird, though, that it would be like, oh, oh, you screwed me. Or it's like, (laughs) oh, we screwed. (laughs) Wait, who's yelling that? I don't know. Like, uh. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> all right. We have, we still have songs to get to, Bob. To me, that's the high point of the album. Some people might disagree. Whatever. They're assholes. Next song. It was the last single on the album, Bob. And you can tell me if you remember the song, Walking After You. Yep. Let's listen. Tonight, I This is earlier, a couple songs ago, he did a simple, uh, a similar slowdown move, and to me, it put me to sleep a little bit. Right. This is him getting that right. Yeah, this is him hitting it right in the sweet spot. I love this song. Um, I sent you the link, Bob. I don't know if you got a chance to check it out. I checked it out and tweeted it out at Throwback Pod. Bang! Boom. Rob Sheffield, who's a longtime Rolling Stone writer, really great rock and music critic. Uh, put out and I if you listen to this podcast you'll love the article so check it out the 98 best songs of 1998 uh, pop's weirdest year and he does a countdown and obviously and number 98 98 was this song and um, he does mention it was also a hit on the soundtrack of the movie version of the (laughs) X-Files yeah I clicked I read the article I clicked it and I didn't recognize the uh, title right away I thought I did and then when this started 
it just brought back like every memory of this song, like playing on the radio, the video, and I fucking love this. Like I like this kind of Grohl and this kind of Foo yeah. Fighters. Like uh, I'll be coming home next year. Like that song, I love this. He has a very um, a versatile voice where he could do the screaming, he could do the aggressive rock songs, and he could slow it down and not in a cheesy way. And he does like the spacey sort of sound. Really yes, well. he's excellent at it. This from Sheffield, Walking After You, could be his tortured farewell to grunge, to Kurt, maybe to his carefree younger self. Grohl didn't exactly sound like a model of mental health, but that's part of why it feels like a proper place to begin the ride through one crazed year. Um, love it. Love and the it. video is... I'd never seen the video. Did you check out the video? Like? I did, yeah. I don't remember ever seeing it, and it's Dave Grohl acting. Yeah. Which, it's just worth checking out to see Dave Grohl. If Dave Grohl was ever in, like, a tortured, um, what are those brothers again? What the brothers? Coen brothers? Not the Coen brothers. Dust brothers? Not the Dust brothers. The Sklar brothers? Not the Sklars. Uh, the Lucas brothers. No, the guys, we did the album. The Duffer brothers. Not the Duffers. Fuck. The, the guys. The Hanson brothers. Didn't you say them? The guys that, um, what was the album where we realized that every album track could have been the name of a movie from? Smashing Pumpkins. From the, <laughs> from the, how is that the only brothers I can't remember the names of right now? We have to remember. The Duplass Brothers. The Duplass Brothers. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, no, like if you ever wanted to, what would a Dave Grohl performance be in a tortured, overwrought Duplass Brothers movie? Check out the video. For probably he's probably not as good of an actor as Stephen Jenkins was in The Art of Revenge. <laughs> Check it out now on iTunes. Maybe. 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 Uh, this is the penultimate track on the color and the shape. New way home. Hot take could have ended the album right there. Oh, come nobody would have complained. Shut up. Let him play. Simmons of ESPN, Grantland, and now The Ringer fame. He wrote something that I always did agree with. He talked about movies. If a movie's going to be over three hours, it better be good uh, for a really good reason. Because that's quite an investment in time, obviously. That's kind of where, where I'm coming from. But this is well regarded as a classic modern rock album. They pulled it off. It just, it's a, it's a big, it's a long listen. That's my only quibble with the album. It's a little bit like, by the time I'm getting to track 13, I'm kind of like, okay. But when you had to wait two, cool. three years for your favorite artist to put out an album before screaming, before dropping singles left and right, you wanted as many as you can get at one time. Yes, but that was also the greatness of being a record album collector in the 90s. That's what import singles are for. That was the fun of B-sides. Right, that was the fun of trying to there, find these other songs. There's a couple songs that are a new way home I'll throw out there could easily been a B-side on Everlong. And then if you're a diehard uh, fan of Foo Fighters, you still got it. 
I know I'm being an asshole. I'm just, You're being an asshole. I mean, but it's like 14 is 14. a fine number. That's, it's not 16. It's not 22. I mean, where's the cutoff if you're going to say that 14, 16, 20? Why not put 100 tracks on? Um, before we get to the last yes, al- last track on the yes, album. Bob, you very seriously told me well, to pause. Well, I told you to pause because we have work to do. This is a professional podcast. Well. Well. Let, let me just go with this. This is a professional podcast. Go on. We have patrons, patreones, mm-hmm. that uh, support us, that allow us to make this podcast. Yes. So we okay. need to take a break. To thank these fucking heroes, our two sponsors every episode that are throwing out some big bucks to keep the show alive. So here they are. Bruno. Oh, Bruno. Bruno's back, baby. He never left. Never left. Bruno, our number one sponsor, two months running, uh, looking for love. What do you get for that? What do you get for that? Yeah, a hearty boner. What? No, no, go on. That's gross. Yes, it is. Bruno is looking for love. That's why he started an email address. Uh, Bruno, the sponsor at gmail.com. Oh, I figured he'd be married by now. I thought that well, would just blow up and it'd be it. That's the a thing. A week and done. Either uh, it's not working at all, so he opted in for another month of uh, being our sponsor, or it's working so well, keep the ladies coming. Yes. So ladies, email Bruno, the sponsor at gmail.com. For what? Give them a clear idea of what to expect if they do that. A super hot 37-year-old Canadian dude? Yeah, with a good heart and a nice sense of humor. And good taste in podcasts. Yes. Bruno the And also a guy, you know, it gets a little cold. It gets cold. But you know what? Cuddle up next to Bruno by the fire. Yep. And you'll fly. Bruno. (laughs) Was that so hard? I struggled with it. You did struggle with it, but we, it's part of the job. Love our sponsors. Love much. them so much. Uh, Patreon.com slash throwbackpod. Join the movement. Here is the final track on The Color and the Shape. It is called, Bob, The Color and the Shape. Says <laughs> that uh, in utero period Nirvana vibe too as well. Yeah, I bet if you see them live and they break into this, it's just a clusterfuck. Yeah, people are probably jumping up and down the diehards. Yeah. Me? Yeah, I'll be off to the side. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not something I want to listen to, but it's uh, I respect it. I'm Daddy like, might have to go drain Gorgo. <laughs> this is a drain Gorgo song? Yeah, yeah. Daddy's got to go to the restroom with that. All right. Part. That's fair enough. Uh, all right. There you go. The Color and the Shape. One I, of the I can't great be... alternative rock albums of the 1990s. We made it through the whole album without criticizing them for using the French-Canadian spelling of color. Yeah. that's is, Isn't that the uh, UK version as well? Sure. I mean, come on, guys. I always blame the Canadians when there's an uh, errant U thrown in there come on that goes again woman issues it goes back to your <laughs> that does. bad breakup with a canadian uh, woman in uh, the like mid-aughts her. don't like that you <laughs> um all right so now you're against you in certain spellings in yep. the english language well i mean in our and, country uh, violent diarrhea brought upon by a stomach virus just food fake food poisoning okay let's just connect the dots here guys let's stop faking food poisoning are you the golden state killer <laughs> <laughs> I had to skip work and I called the people I work with and I 
all I was doing was re- like having to explain to them, like, it's real. And they're like, no, we believe you. I'm like, no, no, I, but it is I'm like, dude, we believe you. So I, I know it's my issue. <laughs> uh, all right, Bob, here we go. It's time to pick the track we'll add to our Spotify playlist. Um, every episode, we pick one track from an album that we broke down that will join the esteemed throwback podcast playlist, which is, oh boy, this is going to be track 42, Bob. Yeah, it's a great playlist. And it's a really solid playlist, and uh, now we have to pick the Foo Fighters song. What do you think, Bob? Get the, get the conversation going. Well, I think that we have to throw out Everlong and My Hero. Okay, a little too on the nose. A little too on the nose. Maybe throw out Monkey Wrench as well for that same reason. Okay. Also okay. kind of, you know, just be mocking me now that I know I can't even come close to finishing the uh, scream. So, um, although I, I feel like that. All right. I'm going to let you continue. I'm sorry. My vote and you could veto me on this would be for the 98th best song of 1998, according to Rob Sheffield. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's a nice change of pace for the playlist. Hmm. I think it's a great song. Puts me in a good place. That's my vote. But I can be swayed if you have a strong opinion. No, I like it. I think we could have went maybe with one of the earlier fun rockers, but... Uh, hey, Johnny Park, if you would have, like, stomped... I'm not going to pound the table. For yeah. Me. Let's go. Let's do it, Bob. See you. Excuse me. Walking After You is the selection. We will add to the Spotify playlist, so check that out. Uh, check us out on uh, Apple uh, iPod. Or, Apple iPod? How old am I? You're a fucking oh, idiot. Piece of shit! Uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, where you can leave star ratings. Oh, yeah, you guys stop doing comments. that. Leave five stars. Tell your friends to leave five stars. Go. Yeah, we're. I feel like we're demanding a lot, but. Just, I know. We if, are. You, if you don't mind, if you could, uh, and you haven't yet, I'm not asking, we're not asking you to, like, if you've already done it, to keep doing it, but if you haven't yet, uh, head on over to Apple iPod Podcast <laughs> and uh, leave a comment. Leave five stars. It really does help in terms of getting the show out there. Uh, yes, Patreon. Uh, Patreoni. Patreoni.com slash throwbackpod if you want to uh, get involved and help support the show. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and go to our Twitter account at throwbackpod to hit the link if you don't know how to spell Patreoni. Neither do we. Neither do we. Uh, uh, if you want to email us with a longer thought, uh, the throwback pod at Gmail. Also, we're on Instagram at throwback pod. Yeah. All good stuff. All good stuff. Thank you guys for the support. Yes. And uh, thank you, Dave Grohl, for being good looking and talented. Well, it's the one ex-girlfriend you had. <laughs> The one that took your V card had questionable <laughs> taste in men, and now you realize that maybe it's making you re-examine yourself. Am I a good-looking man? No, I just want to be in the same class. Yes. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks to everybody, and of course, as always, go fuck. Yeah, yourself. go fuck yourselves.
Bob, Dan, it's Kleiner here. Hope you're both keeping well. They said the pod couldn't survive. When headgum rung the last bell. They've took all their equipment. I bet it won't sound the same. There's no one to absorb those lawsuits now. Who the hell's gonna take the blame? There'll be no drop-ins from guest stars. No plugs for Flock of Dudes. It's on DVD here in Australia. Really? It's on the same shelf as Young Einstein too. Who's gonna tell me to fuck myself? I bet it won't sound the same. No dick jokes, school anecdotes, John Cicada drops, and don't forget a dollop of Dave Matthews bands for sweetness and extra tang. No more news from Tinsley. I've been thinking of him. Guys, he's really sorry. He screwed up this time. He just wanted you sagging. Shaved above the cock face. You get the vibe he's going for. I hope his mate's neck swelling is fine Oh, I hear you guys are on Patreon Well you can fund it on your own Remember the old sponsors? What were their names again? Stu's Wood? Some guy trying to get boned? Ah, Kleine. Oh, you really like Kleine. Because he's just a Perth guy wanting love for niche Aussie things. Give a shout to Farnsie. And to Powderfinger. And what about the cricket? Even just a big bash. Talk a bit of footy. I can just imagine. You watch the West Coast Eagles. You really love Nick Nat. Play some Midnight Oil. I know you really like them. Diesel and Dust, Blue Sky Mine. Review their album, it's totally worth your time. Thanks for the laughs, boys. Keep the bullshit coming. Even the odd exchange rate has killed me. And the Aussie dollar is flat. But who really gives a shit? Go and drink some good beers. And give a few to Jason. Man, that guy's a cat. Tell Paul Kelly I'm sorry. Yeah, I love him badly. Tell him that I'm sorry. And please don't let him see me. You know, one of these days, I'll use my money responsibly. But I've enjoyed this plenty. And I hope you let me come back. <laughs>